From the Summer Skate Studios, this is Analytics and Eyeballs, brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled, based, increased safety measures with your choices of games as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. San Diego State University, building the foundations of something bigger at the top college hockey program in California. Go to sdsuhockey.com to find out how you can be a part of it on and off the ice. Summer skates, shower shoes and koozies customized for yourself or your entire team at summerskates.com. Adrian College, championship aspirations on the ice and in the classroom. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com slash mhockeyd1. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos from coast to coast and beyond. Wherever you need to be, Caesars has a destination that suits your style. Central Oklahoma University. Go to uclhockey.com to follow the two-time ACHA M1 champions as they look to add a third championship banner to the rafters. Jets Pizza with six different styles of pizza and eight different styles of crust. To go with all of our fresh toppings, you can let your pizza cravings run wild. Toyota of the Desert, your trusted Toyota dealership in Cathedral City, California, at toyotaofthedesert.com. Oklahoma University, 20 years of the action you crave, only faster at OUHockey.net. Caesars Sportsbook app, where every play earns you Caesars rewards towards dining, tickets, VIP experiences, and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, award-winning barbecue for your next catered event at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and our second location, 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to another Monday edition of the Analytics and Eyeballs podcast. Scott Strandy with you today from a beautiful, sun-drenched, 100-degree day in Palm Springs, California, as I prepare for AHL playoff game number three in round three between the Coachella Valley Firebirds and the Calgary Wranglers. My co-host, as always, joining us from that big, beautiful palatial estate where he's probably in the backyard with his feet up, land shark in one hand, podcasting microphone in the other. Paul Hornstein, how are things out on the island today? I got banished back down to the basement. (laughs) The exterminator exterminated you temporarily. Yeah, I still got what it's getting banished back down to the basement. (laughs) Oh, those darn, between exterminators and servants. I mean, you can't win, can you? Uh, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, servants, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, What am I, you? I don't know. <laughs> no, no I, you're definitely, let's put know. it this way. You are definitely not me, and you really don't want to be me. Well, listen, I can't. I, I, I can't yeah, that's accurate. You go ahead and say it. That's accurate. You really don't want what I have. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't, I can't, it's not in my frame of reference to be doted on like you are i mean you know <laughs> I, I can't imagine uh, you know what that you know kingly like lifestyle is i'm just a working stiff yeah okay well, let's go with that all right working stiff it's analytics and eyeballs off yesterday for mother's day we thought you know what we'll give our executive producer the night off and um, yeah, night off. Yeah, right. Night off from the podcast. How about that? She did more work yesterday than uh, than any of us have done in a while, and uh, got the day off. So, anyway, uh, no no podcast yesterday in honor of Mother's Day. All the hockey moms out there, all the things that they do to keep their players, both boys, girls, men, and women, on the ice. No better place to start, Paul, than the World Juniors. Uh, World Juniors. The World Championships. I'm, listen, if we're going to do that at two, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do that now. Well, no, let's wait till August. August would be better. <laughs> I know, because there's nothing going on then. <laughs> no. Well, no. It, it there is. Better. There's just no competition on the ice. Well, okay. So well, now we take care of that problem. <laughs> uh, you haven't answered everything, don't you? Yes. May not okay. always be the right answer, but you know. 
Uh, I hear you. Well, anyway, um, so with all the things going on, there's still portal news. There's still coaching news. There's still team news. There's H A C H A news. There's all kinds of stuff that we kind of want to dig in tonight. But I, I, I oh, told oh, you oh, off air. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, there's 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 still NCAA sort of tidbits and things thrown out there. Well, that's what I said. That's what I said. I said there's portal, there's coaches, there's... And by the way, players are still going into the portal. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know when that's supposed to stop. I guess I could look it up, but I mean, it definitely is... What's the point, though? At this point, what's the point? I Where are you going to find a spot to play now? Don't you think teams have their rosters kind of I, I set? Scholarships paid out? I don't know. All I know is I see guys that have gone into the, at least according to published reports, guys have gone into the portal as late as Friday. <laughs> uh, this whole portal thing is driving me nuts, but we got to get to that later. Uh, we have we have men's world championships to talk about. The 2023 IIHF men's world championships going on in Finland and Latvia. Um and Team USA, Paul, you, you brought this up earlier. You said, man, it's brutal with the number of teams that are in this tournament and just getting through your pool play before you get into the medal round uh, rounds. Um, but Team USA just finished their third game in four days. Yeah. Uh, they finished those four or three games with a 3-0 and mark. Today was a uh, what David uh, Quinn called it, a gutsy effort that made him very proud. Um comeback victory 3-2 over Germany. Um, we've talked about this in the past that not only is this a brutal schedule but it's also done with a lot of talented players that you and I have seen um, in the college ranks over the last five years. Yeah, well you know and, and, I, and, and I'd have to go back and look in terms of uh, of how the U.S. center teams over there uh, in the past. But just my gut feeling tells me that there are, this is a younger team than they've sent over there in a while. Uh, but even young teams have a tough time. Uh, when you're talking about three games and four nights, that's just tiring for any hockey player. No matter how you know, no matter how the the hard or tough or not tough the game is, it's just, you know, that's a lot, a lot of 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 players playing a lot of minutes um, in a short period of time. You just, it's just hard. Yeah, I mean, in, in addition to that, keep in mind that these players came off of playing uh, professional hockey for the most part. Some of them collegiate hockey, but for the most part, they just finished an 82-game schedule in either the NHL, the AHL, or the ECHL. Maybe not that many in the uh, AHL and ECHL, but um, they played a long, hard schedule. They travel across the ocean to play in Finland and Latvia, and um, they're supposed to come together and compete, and then the first thing right out of the shoots is three games in four days. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's hard for any for any hockey player. I mean, even even though, honestly, the, the game part of it itself, I mean, listen, I mean, you're talking about um, guys playing, um, you know, the game itself is, is kind of the easy part. Right, it's all the other stuff around playing the game. That's a that becomes an issue. Well, it, it, it's it's a, the stress and the physical beating your body takes, but it's also being away from your families. Again, you've probably been away from for most of the last nine months, um, you know, with your regular hockey schedule, and yet you put it on the line for Team USA to go and do that again. Um, it's about uh, being a creature of habit and 
you know, the food that you're going to be getting and, and the sleep you're going to be getting, adjusting to time zones. And I mean, you and I have problems and we're just three time zones apart. <laughs> I'm surprised you know that. Hey, I've been practicing. <laughs> I know one thing. The podcast starts at 3.30 Pacific time and everybody knows Pacific time. Yeah, okay. You just keep telling yourself that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I'm in California. It's 100 degrees. I got my, you know, my feet up uh, outside this beautiful Panera as I podcast from the car, and the executive producer is enjoying a nice, a nice Panera lunch, uh, late lunch wow. as it is. We love, we, we love that broccoli cheese. We love that. <laughs> I think she had a salad today, though. I, I, in all fairness, I did have soup before I came out to the podcast vehicle. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> As I'm not calling it, um, and prepared for the uh, the AHL game tonight. But anyway, getting back to the World Juniors. Um, really? Uh, start, well, where, I'm, I'm not, sorry, now. sorry. World Championships. Jeez, I will always say World Juniors. It's ingrained in me. I just can't get it out of my system. But anyway, um, they keep adding players. Today, uh, Casey DeSmith was in goal, had 30 saves. The game-winning goal came from some guy from, I don't know, Greenlawn, New York or something. Anyway, but it was assisted by a bulldog, Scott Perunovic. Um, I assume you're talking about the uh, game-winning goal scored <laughs> by uh, Matt Carnado? Yeah. <laughs> that that guy from Long Island? Oh, Greenlawn. I don't know if that's Long Island or not. I, I, don't, I don't know New York. I don't know New York geography that well. But well, I know uh, Scott Perunovic from Hibbing, Minnesota, and a bulldog um, was the one that set it up. So, you know. Is that where um, Kevin McHale is from, Hibbing? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought you were going to go Pat Micheletti. I could do that too, but that yeah. would. Yeah, he's also you know. from Hibbing. Um, All the Michelettis actually are from Hibbing. Well, I don't doubt that. Um, <laughs> I could go into, uh, to uh, let's see, I was reading something about uh, some players from Hibbing. Oh, but that was back when they got their butts kicked by USC. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to get into that. We can get into that later. Some players from Hibbing that got their butts kicked by USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Because I think yeah. that might be a little, a little hogwash. But anyway, I'm um, right in front of me. I'm just letting you know. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, it was, um, you know, a nice, a nice comeback win. Uh, for the U.S., they said three games and four nights. Um, and yes, the guy from Long Island did score the game-winning goal with about five minutes to go. I like to say he's from Greenlawn. Do we have to say Long Island or what? Well, Greenlawn is uh, Nassau, is is uh, Suffolk County, or right on the border, actually, <laughs> Nassau and Suffolk County. I know. I, I'm just um, giving you Long a bad time. Yes, we have. You, yes, you have to. Say, well, you don't have to, but I'm going to. <laughs> uh, make sure I correct you every time. And don't forget, I I I grew up in the five boroughs, so. But I'm still going to scup for. My I've probably lived here now on Long Island longer than I lived grew up and lived in Queens, and that includes the second time around, probably. Okay, well, you know. one of the things that's unique about um, <clears throat> USA Hockey and uh, the team that they field for the World Championships is that apparently you can just add players as needed. Um, I didn't know the whole philosophy on that, but when you look at uh, today or yesterday, they added Patrick Brown. Um, before that, a day or so, they added Tyler Clevin. Um, but, but, Paul, this roster, and you and I talked about this off the air, but... Uh, how we've seen many of these players play in NCAA situations uh, in the past, and that's 100% true. But the the leaders on this squad wearing the letters and, and just being the veterans, you talk about a guy like Alex Tuck, um, Connor Garland, Rocco Gamaldi, um, you look at Nick Bonino, those are the guys that are leading the way. TJ Tynan, who's another one from right out here and uh, plays with the Ontario Reign, um, you see these guys doing their thing, and um, you mentioned it to me. You said, do you think they're just angry and uh, are tired of the USA getting stomped and kicked around and just have something to prove, or, or what, what's propelling them at this point, Paul? Well, I mean, 
we here in the U.S. do not pay a whole lot of attention to the World Championships because they take place during the NHL playoffs. And I would say to you that, like I said, I, I think this roster is younger than ones I've seen in the past, or at least that's my initial instinct and gut reaction without having to look it up. And I think USA Hockey and those who run it are like, you know, what we've done in the past hasn't worked. And we're tired of reading that the U.S. hasn't won this tournament since 1933. And I think they're just like, enough is enough. And, and it's interesting when you say enough is enough and you turn to a bunch of young guys. I'm thinking. Um, By the way, it's not, they, they have medaled. I mean. Right. Um, yeah. They, it's the gold medal they're after, though. Right. In, in, in the 21st century, in the 2000s, they've gotten four bron- or five bronze medals. So it's not like they haven't been on the edge before. But the last time they won a gold was 1933. And I'm sure that they're done with that. Um even their silver medals were years and years and years ago with the latest silver medal being in 1950. Yeah. So that means you haven't been to the championship game since 1950. Yeah. Imagine that. I mean, I wasn't even born yet. You weren't even born yet and you're old. Well, yeah, I am old and you know, I wasn't born. yet. (laughs) Anyway. anyway, um, So (laughs) when you think about that and you wonder this roster is compiled with, Skill, obviously. Talent, obviously. Speed, obviously. Um, but experience, Paul. Is there enough experience here to get them to that championship game and win a gold medal? Because that's the part that makes me a bit nervous. Um, I know they're hungry. I know they're skilled. But but do they have what it takes at the top? And what I've been seeing over the first three games is that experience standing out. I'm talking about uh, Nick Bonino. I'm talking about um, Rocco Grimaldi. I'm talking about uh, Connor Garland. I'm talking about Alex Tuck. Guys that have been in the playoffs in the NHL, uh, have thrived in the AHL, have been in leadership roles on their teams in the past. Um, It looks like they're starting to lead the way. And the question I have now is, are those younger guys capable of following as this tournament goes on? Well, I mean, that looks like the way they've built the roster. Right? That that looks like the way they've built the roster um, in terms of having a bunch of young guys and, and not... And, 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 and having a handful... Of those veteran, experienced kind of guys, you know they're they're sitting there and 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 you and you know I mean Benino, I mean that's a guy that's won cups. Exactly. That, that that's what I'm saying. The Rocco Grimaldi, um, you know, was a star at North Dakota and has been a star in the AHL and had NHL time uh, with Nashville and a variety of teams. And, you know, I had a chance to visit with Rocco this past uh, fall uh, while he was with the San Diego Gulls and um, just salt of the earth, as you would expect most NHL players to be. But Rocco's bounced around. He he was in Rockford uh, to finish up the season, and uh, they nearly got into the AHL um, divisional finals. Uh, But anyway... Uh, I just think that that's going to be the interesting thing down the stretch is um, how do these young guys fill their roles? I mean, because we saw the dominance in the first two games today. Obviously, a comeback. And I don't know if today, Paul, was a a, uh, a comeback of guts and determination because they were tired after three games in four days or if it was just a better competition from Germany. Well, I mean, they... You know, from all accounts, they pretty much dominated the Finns, who were one of the home teams, and 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 are, you know, a regular hockey power. 
You know, uh, U.S. even fell behind in that game, one nothing. Scored the last four goals. We always talk about winning championships as well. You have to have great goaltending. You look at this goaltending roster. You got Cal Peterson. Um, you've got uh, Drew Camesso. You have um, Casey DeSmith. So you got three guys that are pretty solid goaltenders, but uh, none of them have really um, well, been at that just, upper level before, have they? At the at, well, at the, the world with the Penguins range. The Smith with the Penguins, if I'm not mistaken, probably been to a few conference finals or, or Stanley Cup finals. If I'm if I'm you know if I'm not wrong, I mean he's been. Uh, you know, he he was he's been on that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of uh, atmosphere with Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Yeah, he's, he's and Nick Benino. And Nick Benino, right? I mean, uh, has he won a cup? Uh, no, but he's he's been at that level. Like I said he's been he's been to the NHL playoffs. Um, and you know even with a quote-unquote kind of down year so to speak in in 30 plus games he still had a 905 save percentage and a 3.17 goals against uh, despite the fact that uh, Pittsburgh you know didn't make the playoffs this year but I mean those are not embarrassing numbers So, no, I mean, good, he's been good point. A little bit, Cal, you know, um, and and you know he they he split the first three games with Cal Peterson, who of the L.A. Kings fame, who then yes. was demoted. Yes. <laughs> I guess is as nicely as you can say it to the Ontario Reign, but yeah. credit to Cal, he he stuck it out and uh, performed very well for the Reign this year. Nearly got them uh, playoff bound in the AHL. They just uh, they just ran out of steam and ran out of gas. So, um, and and you look at the at the rest of these at the rest of this roster when you when you look at it, right? Um, uh, Connor Mackey, you know, helped put Minnesota State in a position where they eventually got to uh, play for the for the national championship. Um, Ronnie Attard was one of the best defensemen in college hockey for a couple of years. Right, Sammy Walker. Also, you know, been on a big stage, at least under a lot of focus, with that other maroon and gold team. <laughs> I was wondering how long it was going to be till you said where he was from, and you still didn't. But anyway, um, guys like uh, Dylan Sandberg and Scott Perinovich with your with the Vampires and your Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, winning national championships. I mean, listen, is it the Stanley Cup? No, but it it gives you an idea of how guys are going to react and under pressure, all things being equal, right? Um, I always thought uh, Mikey Asamot from St. Cloud was a big-time clutch performer. You know, I mean, he even did it, you know, on occasion in the NHL. Uh, Nick Perbix, big-time minutes with St. Cloud. Uh, Matt Coronado was one of the best forwards in the country this year, even though, uh, you know, his flames kind of burnt out a little bit this year. Right? Um, you go he, down, he might be one of the best players on Long Island. Well, yeah, well. <laughs> I just uh, wanted to point that out that, yeah. that he's from Long Island. You know, we, we know Alex Tuck got the big-time playoff experience going to the Stanley Cup Finals in Vegas. Right, Carter Mazur wins a national championship at Denver. Tyler Clevin playing big time minutes up there for the green and white team. The other thing that's interesting, Paul, for the first time ever, the Tuck brothers, Luke and Alex, are getting to play together on the same uh, the same roster. I know they're loving it. Uh, Alex, uh, of course, uh, salt of the earth as well, and and Luke, uh, a really good follower in his brother's footsteps. Uh, in the NCAA level. So I just thought we had to mention that and talk about it the first part of the show today because these guys, uh, 
you know, most people that are tied up in NHL playoffs will look and go, yeah, that's our B team or C team that we sent over there. So what do we really expect out of the American team? But, um, know, but the same thing with, with they're playing well. Yeah, I think once again, they, they might have hit on something here with all these these guys who were, you know, basically three or four year players and throw in some veterans like Benino, who's won cups. And maybe they hit on something. We'll see as the tournament goes on. Um, I'm sure they'll get the day off today or tomorrow, you know, or whatever. See, now if you screw up these time zones, I get it. <laughs> well, they played this morning at 920 Eastern time. Right. So, Which would be 620 Pacific time. Uh, yeah. So, I wasn't even awake at that point. No, well, yeah. And they don't play again until Wednesday morning. So they they get a day here. Uh, I'm sure they'll have some sort of light skate. I don't think they'll have a heavy practice, that's for sure. But, you know, the schedule does, you know, they do get a couple of days here and there. And it's not, doesn't seem to be as densely packed. Um, I, but, you know, uh, I'm sure they're very happy to have the uh, an off day tomorrow. So. Okay, so uh, that kind of wraps up the uh, the World Championship talk, at least from the uh, U.S. side. Um, let's do this, Paul. Let's take a quick break. Let's uh, come back because we got more NCAA stuff to dig into. Then we're going to end the show tonight uh, by talking a little bit about some ACHA movement or possible movement or probable movement. We'll find out. We'll be right back. <laughs> At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious, man. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for their next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From the nation's best college hockey conference, access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. 
on your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. This is ITHSW Podcasts, Analytics and Eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios on the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Well, welcome back in. Indeed it is Monday night, which means it is Analytics and Eyeballs. Scott Strandy with you today from beautiful Palm Springs, California, just outside the Panera Bread, just off of California Highway 111. And... uh, um, is it Riverside County? It might be uh, Highway 74. Let's put it that way. I'm on that intersection. If you're here in Palm, what do you mean? Whatever. If you're here in Palm Springs, come by and say hello. Okay. <laughs> if you're not, Who's and you're getting one? ready for AHL hockey action, uh, the Firebirds in round three, their very first year of existence in round three, That's will be taking is- on Calgary. And Paul Hornstein, that was piping up from uh, Long Island, New York. I Paul, know. are you excited about AHL hockey? Well, yeah, but, I mean, it just it, it just dawned on me. I, I know they have a lot of teams now and, and the way they have it set up, but that means if you go to the Calder Cup Finals, you're playing five rounds. Yeah. Now, I know they're not all best of seven, but... Well, the first three are best five. of five, and today's it's the last of the best rounds. of five rounds. Yeah. It's still five rounds. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah these guys, I was just trying to figure that out because there's three games possibly left here in Coachella Valley. It's uh, tonight, Wednesday, and Friday. The winner then, either Calgary or Coachella Valley, will then proceed to the conference finals, which will be a seven-game series. So let's assume that there's uh, three games next week and four the following week. That would put you to the end of May. And then that first week of June is when you would kick off the Calder Cup um, final series, another best of seven. And um, right now the teams that are left out here in the West are Coachella Valley, Calgary, uh, Milwaukee, and Texas. So, um, And for people that are asking, uh, Coachella Valley and Calgary were the two best point getters um, all season long in the AHL, so it's no surprise that they're there. What is a surprise is that Coachella Valley is doing it uh, in their very first year of existence. And, Paul, they spent 22 games on the road to start the season. That's insane. Well, they did play some games technically in Seattle. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm talking away from Coachella Valley. They weren't in their own barn in their own locker room and their own fan base until uh, mid-December. I was there for the mid-December game. I get that. It's here's the benefit here's the benefit you go on the road for 22 if you hang in there which they did then you get a nice stretch of games at home in the second half of the season and you cut down on a lot of travel where you're going to be playing a lot of competition right in your backyard no i I get that i'm not going to sit here and say that they were they were upset that they had to play those first half dozen or so home games up in seattle but you know you want to be in your own house. You do. And, uh, of course, we have ties there as well. Guys that have played college hockey, uh, namely the goaltender for, for Coachella Valley, Joey Decord, who is, uh, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Paul, but he's won over the fans here. <laughs> well, that's they love that kid. Uh, Dan Biles was asked uh, in uh, an interview the other night, about well, about a week ago now, um, about Joey, and, he, and, and the, the report said, uh, fans want to know, do, do you and the players, and especially Joey, hear and react to the Joey, Joey, Joey tr- chants? And uh, Dan, Dan, Dan just broke out in laughter. He goes, that's funny. He goes, that is a funny question. Does Joey hear the chants? He yes, he does. More than anybody. And he said, we're happy that they're chanting it, and uh, we're happy for the reason why they're chanting it. So Dan Bilesmo again um, I don't think you could have found a better coach for this situation and what job he's doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, obviously they're, they're winning, right? I mean, you know, I mean, he's got some NHL experience and they're building an organization. 
in Seattle. And that's the kind of guy you want because he knows he's got the, the the street cred, right? I believe. Didn't he win one of the those Penguin Cups? Yes, sir. And then they then they completely thought he'd lost it after that. I can tell you he has not lost it. I also want to shout out his two assistant coaches. We were going to have uh, one Stu Bickle on about a year ago um, when he was going to sign on and did sign on at St. Thomas for a very short period of time, then moved on uh, to uh, an AHL spot out east, I think, and then finally landed here. Uh, with the Coachella Valley Firebirds, but Stu Bickle doing a great job with the defense. What what I love though, Paul, is Jessica Campbell runs the power play, and if you want to see some intent guys on the bench with Jessica Campbell designing a play, she was working on the board the other day uh, when they were um, trying to get the uh, the tying goal uh, with the extra attacker. And uh, if you want to see somebody that knows her hockey. Just uh, just check on Jessica Campbell. That's all I'll say. Well, maybe I can get her to. Maybe I can get somebody who knows. Maybe I can get her on the podcast and have somebody that knows hockey and I can talk to them. <laughs> uh, you think her and I would do a good podcast or what? Oh, oh, oh you, you, <laughs> you wanted. To... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it um, took you five years to learn that. <laughs> anyway, I just want to shout that out. Joey Decord, uh, quickly a fan favorite as we knew he would be. Uh, got his NCAA playing experience. Paul, where? Uh, that would be uh, the true Maroon and Gold team in Tempe at Arizona State. At Mullet Arena? Uh, unfortunately, I mean, he helped build it, so to speak. But uh... <laughs> Yes, he did. He played a big role in building it, but he did play his time at Oceanside, which, by the way, is about down now. I may see it tomorrow when I get there, uh, and that's where I want to start off second half of the show. Um, a big vote coming up, and I know it's not college hockey, but affects college hockey because it affects the where the Arizona Coyotes are currently playing. And from what I'm told, Paul, could be there for the next three years. Are you still there? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how to put Hold this. on. Can I get a hold of your daughter and see if we can check on you, make sure you're, you're doing all right? I'm just trying to figure out how to put this politely and nicely. <laughs> that would be a shock. <laughs> that would be a well, shock to everybody's system if that happened. True. Um, three more years of this? Oh, God. Well, I, I reserve the right to rip them for their any future behavior as tenants. Um, <laughs> got that folks got it recorded he reserves the right okay so let's let's do a couple things on this do this real quickly um this is not a slam against the arizona coyotes or its players okay this is about the way the organization has been run and the way that it's they put themselves in a position of um i don't know untrustworthiness um of of maybe disrespect of a bunch of different things. And hopefully they're all in the past because you and I both would like to see NHL hockey remain in Arizona and even in Tempe. Yeah. The problem with it is, is, and we've talked about this before is they're using a college facility that was built to be the Taj Mahal West of college hockey. And for them to be um, taking over, I'll use air quotes on that. Um, a facility that should be um, the pride and joy of college hockey. Listen, I don't. Uh, my problem with what you said there is they need to. I don't give a crap what level they are. They're still tenants. It's not their building. It's never going to be their building. And the. They are all. They are going to be tenants, whether it's just for the one year they just had, 
uh, whether it's for the next two or three years or what have you, not your building, you're a tenant. And I don't care about your damn egos. Your egos got you in this spot in the first place. Secondly, um, and I know that a lot of this is going to come down, and and I'm pretty sure you agree with me. Part of this is going to have the issue is going to be for the next. If if it goes that long, three years is going to be scheduling. Of course it is, and and and, and let me tell happens. you this right now, Paul. If they put shovels in the ground tomorrow morning or uh, Wednesday morning after the vote, they they're not going to be in there for four years. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. If you think that there's some miraculous thing that's going to happen and they're all of a sudden going to boom throw up the sixteen thousand seat facility and have it opened up and approved and planned uh, in the next three years, not a chance. Not a chance. You might as well take that option right now to uh, to play there for your, your fourth year at, at Mullet Arena, which I know turns your stomach. But um, that that's reality. I mean, this is, uh, th- this is not a pipe dream here. This is not an easy fix. I've been to that piece of land. Uh, I was there just... Um, when was that? I went by there Saturday. And when I went by there Saturday, Paul, it's still a working facility for the city of Tempe. So, so, so if it's a working facility currently, you have to you have to get everybody out of there. You gotta dig it out, you gotta get it approved, you gotta refill it, you gotta get it approved again. Then you can start putting footings in if everything goes as planned. Then you can start building a hockey facility. And I don't care that it's in the desert where there's no weather restraints. I'm talking about just flat out time to build it. You, well, it it's Paul. It's three times the size of mullet, and no, I, I, uh, and I, you I, saw how long it took them to build mullet, and they hurried that process along. I I, I get it, and I'm and I'm and I understand that. Okay, um, two th- you know the one thing is that you know ASU has to make their schedule a couple of years out. And college hockey schedules are made before NHL schedules. So even if ASU didn't have, even if ASU had the luxury of, of putting some games off, those schedules are still designed before NHL schedules. And in no way, shape, or form should ASU ever defer their schedule. In their own building. Well, I think Coach Powers made that very clear to us that they were never going to do that. Well, Uh, I don't think they can. Because you know as well as I do from the the times we've spoken to Michael Weissman, right? They, 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 They are, they work a couple of years out on the conference schedule. And we know because he told us that they do kind of make alternative schedules. If you get my drift, just in case. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I'm just making sure. I, I <laughs> so anyway, uh, a massive uh, vote coming up tomorrow. You brought it up to me. I, I'd heard the same thing, but you you brought it up to me and said, "Is it real?" Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, there's 25 to 35 percent of the votes already cast in early well, balloting, which is crazy for a right. city election. Well, and an off-year, off-election schedule uh, type election. I mean, this is... This is a special election. And it's got Propositions 301, 302, and 303 on the ballot specifically for this facility. What happens if they split? That's a good question. What happens if it does split? Um, And by the way, Paul, I don't know if you knew this, but this is turning a landfill into a landmark. Did you hear that? Yeah, I don't pay any attention. That's been nonsense. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you I mean, better. I Listen, I it's a landfill. It's going to be a landmark. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it would be. 
I mean, you want to talk about something that would turn things even crazier. We're talking about a split vote, but I can't see that happening. I mean, you could either, I mean, you, theor- theoretically, it could happen. But. Well, here's the deal. I mean, they're I all tied know. together. So if you're checking yes on one of them, you're going to check them on all three. Well, There's no re- that, Unless you're just you playing know, games, but. Well, you know me. I like chaos. But <laughs> I know you you would have gone yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> but um and the other thing is you've had eighteen months to figure out all the quote unquote post vote issues. If you know what, uh, to me, to have gotten this far and not taken care of whatever issues that people will bring up in lawsuits if this vote passes. Now, mind you, it's a lot. T- it'd be a lot tougher to win those lawsuits if you win a vote. Or at least that's the way I would look at it. Because you can't say that people are against it if it wins a vote. But it's not like what those, quote, lawsuits would be if you won the vote. So why would you not take care of that ahead of time? Now, maybe you can't. Maybe you can do it quietly. Well, I'll tell you right now, if it doesn't pass, I'm blaming it on Dominion voting machines. Well, I I mean, (laughs) you have $7 million. Is that too soon? Well, anyway, it's a little joke, folks. Just relax. It's a little joke. Um, So anyway... Let's make it clear one more time. Paul and I both want to see hockey remain professional, NHL hockey remain in the great state of Arizona. That's not the case. What we would like to see is their own building under good pretenses. We don't want to see anything that would shock us. And believe me, this isn't coming off the cuff. There are things that have shocked us over the past, well, since this ownership group took over. Things that you never thought you were going to see have happened. That's not hyperbole. That's fact. And uh, I believe we all want to see this above board and done the right way. And if it can be, hey, more power to them. But in the meantime, I think you brought it up amply. You said, just understand the fact that you're a tenant, you're borrowing a building that belongs to Arizona State University Collegiate Hockey. That's what it was built for. I know there's other things that go on there. But primarily, it was about the hockey program that got this thing built. Right. And uh, and let's never forget that either, because there was a lot of work done by the hockey program to allow graduations and wrestling and whatever else goes on and mullet concerts, all of that stuff. It, It was done by NCAA hockey donors. That's how this thing got done. So anyway, I just want to make that very clear that we're not we're not haters, we're not bashers. We just want to see it done the right way above board. And um, you know, it's one of those deals now where you have to look at them and you have to say, "Mr. Marillo, show me the money." Don't you? Well, that's it, right? I mean, I mean, you can say it all you want. Uh, there's money there, there's backing there, there's all of this, there's all of that. But it comes time where you got to say, "Show me the money." And um, and then you get my support. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they have been <sighs> reticent, so to speak, to do that. And it's not just, you know... <sighs> Whatever well, Paul, two are. two things. Can I throw something out real quickly? Yeah, go ahead. Apparently, 4:20 p.m. Pacific, 
420 p.m. 420 p.m. Pacific time is when they pick up the garbage here at the Panera. So if you heard beeping in the background, that's what that was. Uh, second, I didn't think so. <laughs> good. Secondly, is uh, the um, this whole thing uh, just basically comes down to uh, that the tagline that they've used is it will be no taxpayer dollars. We simply know that's not completely true. Will it be a taxpayer dollar on different things? I'm sure it will at some point in time. But secondly, on that front is, um, you know, if you're so sure that you can build this phenomenal complex, then maybe you should be telling people and showing people documents that say, you know, this is uh, this is how it's going to go down. Um, this is where the backing is. This is what our alternative plans are if things fall through. Because let's never forget this ground, and you and I have talked about this many times before, this ground that is trying to be purchased by the Arizona Coyotes to, to build this facility is about the last piece of land available in Tempe. Everything else, it's pretty much a landlocked city. So if this land was so valuable and so good and so perfect, why have they gone through three F, uh, uh, three RFPs? RFPs, yeah, three RFPs, and only gotten one interested party. Because uh, you bring it up all the time. Michael Crow at ASU, if there's an open piece of land somewhere, he's going to get his hands on it. So there's some reason why Michael Crow didn't feel like this was a good investment for ASU. That's one. And two is there are a number of uh, big quality, high name um, buildings along Tempe Town Lake, which Paul doesn't even remember. But anyway, <laughs> there was no lake. What are you talking about? There was no lake. Uh, well, uh, Tempe we, Town we, Lake, we there are some Devil big House name, and, big and name companies <laughs> that are built there. And if if that was such prime real estate, I can't imagine that there wouldn't have been another company. That would have said, hey, let's get into a bidding war for this. I'll tell you why there isn't. Because well, they're unsure okay. of the stability of the land. You're right. I'm right. Everybody's right. It's a landfill. Well, you don't well, know I'm what's below it. You don't know how stable you can make it. We don't. We don't. And, and, I, and I will say this not um, because I want to defend the ownership of the Coyotes. Uh, yeah, say do it, baby. I'm, I'm just going to say that I've seen those things be navigated to where uh, specific people win because they show up with enough grease. Um, I'm not saying that's what happened here. I also know that this thing was supposed to be voted on by the city council for 24 months. And finally somebody said, let's just let the people vote on it because we don't want to. And I don't care what anybody says. That's what it came down to. Nobody wanted to say yay or nay and be the, be the people that either forced the coyotes to leave or gave the coyotes and screw, screw the taxpayers of Tempe. Or, you know, they were too afraid to be the hero and too afraid to be the GOAT. Right. They didn't want to put their name on the dotted line. They didn't want to be on record as saying right. this was us. So they, they passed it on to the city of Tempe and they said, okay. Which is fine. Listen. Yeah, that's I, fine. I, that's the democracy, fine. right? Yeah, that's what's supposed to be anyway. So I'm okay with anyway. that. Okay. Anyway. Let's not make so, it sound... But let's not also make it sound like, oh, they were all for it. It passed seven to nothing. No, it didn't. It passed seven to nothing to let the people vote on it and let us off the hook. That's what that, that was. That's correct. Very well said. Okay, so anyway, that big vote goes down tomorrow. We'll uh, hopefully have some results uh, late tomorrow night. I will be in Tempe. I'm not sure if I'll be there tomorrow night or if I will be back in Palm Springs because I got a game five. I'm sorry, game four for sure on Wednesday night, no matter who wins tonight. Um, okay, so we got a few minutes left. We got about five minutes left in the show. I know you want to talk about some ACHA rumblings of, of teams that have been um, on the edge or at least people have proposed or at least pondered the thoughts of 
particular schools out west making or not making the jump um, to Division One NCAA hockey? Go. Well, first of all, and 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 I don't want and I don't wish to. Uh, uh, there, I had a conversation with people on social media, like you do, about uh, the program up at the University of Oregon. And because I guess they put out pictures of their their uniform for the next season coming up, which is always popular. And and I have to say they look pretty darn good. Okay. Um. But the the person that posted something on there is like, oh. You know, West Coast, well, you college, you know, you guys aren't blue bloods. The whole, you know, the usual crap. And I said, listen, they're not as far as you think. From making the jump. Okay? We know because, first of all, you specifically have spoken to them. And they're no, and they've made it no secret, like at UNLV, that they want to do that. Yeah, let, let me use and, a word. And, and, let me use a word that was given to me: aspirations. They have aspirations right. of getting to that NCAA and, level. And that's not going to be said publicly by people connected to the program, unless. They specifically, un, un, you know, uh, unless they've been told it's never going to happen, you can't prove it to us no way ever, no matter what you do. It's called ducks in a row. Pardon the pun for all uh, Okay. So, you know, my comment to them is, uh, listen, are they going to go tomorrow? No. Are they jumping in two or three years? No. I mean, they might never jump. But I think, and you know, we as we know, they are at least trying to set the foundations to prove to the university that they can make it work and that it would work. Kind of like... Uh, what's gone on or what's going on down in that city down south. <laughs> Cryptic all Hornstein. That would be Tucson, listeners, if you're not familiar with that. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. Where, you know, the, the, the plan is to actually uh, build a facility. Now, is it starting a little later than they wanted it to? Yet it should have, you know, originally they were hoping to start it last year, but hopefully their well, let me speak of this summer is is accurate. Let me speak up to that real quickly. Um, th that's a process, right? That that's being built on uh, in cooperation with the city of Tucson at the uh, Kino Sports Complex. So it's not quite as simply cut and dried. Uh, paperwork-wise, of just buying a piece of land and starting construction. Uh, and I know they've also had some materials issues uh, over the last year from from the pandemic. Now, I think those are pretty much in the past now, but uh, everything takes time. So, no, that's, listen, I, anyway, I, I just wanted to throw that out. And, 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 you know, part of this conversation was with, someone from my little alumni group and 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 somebody who is a media person um but the the fact of the matter is that and 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 I don't think I'm telling a tale out of school you can stop me right it's not like the designs of the building are are NCAA proof where it'll never or it could never happen First of all, why would you do that? Quite the opposite, my friend. Quite the opposite. Exactly. And that, once again, not a secret. 
you know, no, but we both we both know there's a process to becoming an NCAA program right, no, no, financially, is, school, right. and winning. Right, but my point is, and my point was, their building, their their intent is to build the building and show the university that the building and uh, its normal operations can make money. Uh, we know that the town has had a history of supporting the, the, the team. And that's going back to the early 90s. Or before. You know, um, I can't remember the guy's name who they, um, and he recently passed away, right? Um, right. I, I just, I can't remember the guy's name. I know he was connected to, to Powers, too. Um so the, the 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 city has shown that supporting it is not an unrealistic thought process. No, and and you know, so we talk so, about that. Um, I know we're out of time, but I just wanted to quickly bring up, and we'll touch on it again in another show. But uh, you also brought up an article that was written at UCLA right. uh, about pondering, uh, and, and in all fairness, it came from a student newspaper, correct? correct? So you can obviously see there might be a little bias there about well, them wanting to bias, have it. But. It's just, um, uh, you know, she, you know, there are things that are in this, in, in the thing and it's in its opinion. And, you, you know, she, her point is, Hey, you know, where UCLA, we, uh, uh, should be leading the way, not following. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, you're not number one in innovation and haven't been for a while. <laughs> but uh, is it okay for them to follow the ASU model for NCAA hockey? Well, she brings that up, so and you know, right <laughs> for herself. But, um, okay, <laughs> just a little hint, and I know I'm the crazy one. UCLA was a varsity program in the '30s. <laughs> you know, back when USC beat Minnesota in a sweep. God, I, imagine how you and got that research out because I know you weren't around in the 30s, so you did some digging to find that out, didn't you? Well, I came across an article years ago that I have bookmarked. Um, <laughs> I bet you by the way, John Mariucci was on that other I bet you gold do. team roster that lost twice to USC. I'm just saying. <laughs> to USC or UCLA? USC. Okay. But that's not the point. UCLA had a team too, and so did Gonzaga, <laughs> and so did Stanford, <laughs> and so did Loyola of California. Uh, so uh, I'm just, these were all teams that were NCAA varsity programs, uh, that basically were discontinued because of world war two. So I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I hear you. Okay. One, uh, one quick closing note that I got to throw out there. Uh, coach Craig Thornton, uh, or coach, the, uh, director of operations and, a general manager for Oregon hockey put out and started a uh, fundraiser uh, about nine hours ago for the tragic passing of one of their own, um, Dayton Clark. Um, really, really a tragic story. He was walking home from a social gathering near campus, uh, 3.30 in the morning, crossing 24th Street in Eugene, was struck by a large delivery truck. Um, the driver did stop and immediately called for help. However, Eugene police said that he was pronounced dead at the scene. So there is a GoFundMe out there in memory of Dayton Clark. Um, apparently, uh, uh, you know, uh, born in 2001, so 20, what, two years old, yeah. 21 years old. So if you can donate and you have the means to do it, get the GoFundMe. Just search Oregon Hockey, Dayton Clark, D-A-Y-T-O-N, Clark is spelled C-L-A-R-K-E and uh, do what you can to help them. We uh, appreciate Craig throwing that out there. We're going to have Craig on the show uh, very soon and uh, and talk about it. But that's always tough uh, to lose anybody, but certainly a young man with a bright future ahead of him and um, a former member of the uh, Oregon men's ACHA D1 hockey program. Yeah, condolences go out to the family. No easy way to end it, Paul. No. Take it away. 
from the Summer Skeet Studios. This has been Analytics and Eyeballs, brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and the second location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. By Summer Skates, whether you use your own name and number or that of your favorite player, show off your game of style with personalized shower shoes and koozies. See summerskates.com for more information. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, no one knows goalies' needs better than we do. See the website for our three Valley locations and more. Liberty University, strengthen your faith and your game at the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast at Liberty.edu. By Toyota, support the dealer that supports hockey in your community, including Desert Toyota of Tucson and Toyota of Desert in Cathedral City. That's California, by the way. Jets Pizza, more than just great pizza. You'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location near you at JetsPizza.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly. Locations in Tempe, Pine Top, and the Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. Lunch, dinner, or your next catered event at thespaghettishack.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is. From the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. Analytics and eyeballs on all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Or available for download on your favorite podcast platform by searching and subscribing at ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. It's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. If you like what you hear, tell a friend or leave a positive review. Analytics and Eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, again, our condolences to the Clark family and everybody at Oregon Hockey uh, going through the loss of, uh, of Dayton. Uh, the, um, again, the, the uh, fundraiser is set up under the GoFundMe account in memory of Dayton Clark. Uh, if you can do that, if uh, you're in Tempe, by all means, let your voice be heard, positive, negative. Uh, just get out and vote. And make sure that you were a part of the process to uh, to find out whether the Arizona Coyotes get that uh, facility uh, built in Tempe. Or uh, if you choose not to, then make sure that voice is heard, too. So it's a democratic process. We just want people to know the facts and get out there and do what they feel is right in their heart. We'll say goodnight with a little uh, Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. Good night. Good night, everybody.